Hello everyone, welcome back to My Solo Road. My name is Sydney, I live in a van, and this is my podcast. Today I wanted to talk to you about remote income because last week I told you all about the finances behind van life, between my vans, my van builds, the monthly budget, all of that good stuff. I do have the guest that we had a couple weeks ago with Hello. making a quick entrance. <laughs> I've been trying to start this podcast for like 30 minutes, but we are in a hotel tonight, actually, which we never do, but (laughs) I'm looking at Ella's face right now, and it's just so sweet. She's asleep. Anyways, there might be a little background noise. I feel like I preface that every week, but it's a little difficult producing a podcast on the road. We have six dogs in here right now, and they're all snoring and running around, so... There could be a little noise. There will be, definitely. But anyways, yeah, so today, remote income. You also might hear some stomach rumbling. <laughs> we had my a st- lot of ramen. My stomach is killing me. <laughs> I said not spicy, and what did they do? Make it as spicy No, no, as no. Possible. I remember I told them to make your spicy. And I asked them not to. <laughs> okay. We both travel full-time. We both travel with dogs, and we both earn a remote income. So, and we both do it differently, actually. So... I figured it would be interesting to kind of hear not only my perspective, but his as well. And I didn't actually plan on him being a guest until about an hour ago. This is also the first week that the podcast is not coming out of Lake Tahoe. I started it in Lake Tahoe and I actually stayed there for about a month. So I think every episode before this was in Tahoe. And now we are in Boise, Idaho after going to Oregon for a bit. So we've been on the road for a little while. Yeah. Okay, this will be the time. Go get your drink, whatever it may be. We already have our wine. Hi. (laughs) Might already be obvious, not sure. But yeah, go get whatever you would like, and we will see you back here in just a minute talking about money on the road. Music. (laughs) Yes, cue the music. All right, all right, we are back. So, if you don't know... Mr. Lee Asher with the Asher House, he makes money exclusively on Instagram through working with brands and sponsors, as well as having his merch on his website. And the CBD. And he has a CBD company as well, Thrive Oil. That's it. All right, beautiful. And I do social media as well, but I don't actually make money off of it much yet. I've done like two ads on my Instagram story ever. Primarily, I make money personally from my website through affiliate it's not a competition (laughs) you know (laughs) i know it's not a competition no i know but i do affiliate marketing (laughs) and advertising which i will get into in a little bit but i just wanted to clarify the fact that we make money in totally different ways yeah eventually i would like to on instagram and you would like to kind of work more on your website as well so very much so we can kind of help each other out a bit okay i would like to know how you got started so you you started two years ago when you first hit the road yeah, I had a dream that I woke up inside of a shelter. This is a true story. He's looking no. at me so weird. <laughs> Can you just tell them? You guys, don't don't leave the podcast yet. I promise it's going to be informational and lovely. It is starting right now. No, yeah. About two years ago, a little over two years ago, I quit my job. What were you doing before this? I was a corporate trainer. So I would go to a variety of companies and I would do my best to influence them to increase productivity, whether it be with uh, sales or marketing, whatever I could do, whatever they needed. You don't want a name drop? No, it's not necessary. Got it. I mean, it's not that I don't want a name drop because it's not like I'm hiding anything. It's just that, how do I say it? I wouldn't want to insult anybody that I respect. I, I worked for a variety, a couple people, not a variety, but I worked for a couple people. One of them being my mentor. His name is Al and I learned so much from him. But 
you know, the people I worked with, I don't really 100% agree now that I'm a little bit older and doing what I feel is my purpose. I don't have the same mindset I did then where it's like a job and you have to do it. Like now I would advise my younger self to have left that industry much earlier, but who knows? I don't have any regrets because if I would have done that, it's very likely that I wouldn't have been here, nor probably wouldn't have met you. Very true. I should have done it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. So how do you make money and how did you start? I started with a Kickstarter. Okay. That was the very first thing, but... You know, the good thing about having a Kickstarter kind of forces you to have a mission. So I never had a product, but I had a mission, which was to show people the beautiful bond that you can have with your rescue pet. Where did the idea for Kickstarter come up? I've never even heard of it. And then I saw some sort of advertisement for it, like someone asking me to join a Kickstarter. Yeah. If you don't know what Kickstarter is, can you give us a very brief description? absolutely. It's basically a funding, I don't know if I would call it a program, but it's a way to get your business or your idea funded. And it's usually really unique, interesting ideas. Yeah. Like for example, the one that I saw because there was some controversy because apparently the guy wasn't able to fulfill his Kickstarter 100%, but it was like the highest Kickstarter ever. He made, I think, two and a half million dollars. And what he did was he basically reinvented the cooler. And it's like this awesome cooler that has built in speakers and all these different things. And everybody wanted it. That's what I feel like it typically is. It typically is a product. It's almost like a product that you would see on Shark Tank. And they're trying to get funding to actually produce it and manufacture it and all of that stuff. A lot of movie directors and writers start Kickstarters. You know where I heard of Kickstarter for the first time? Tim Ferriss. He had a podcast about how to be successful on a Kickstarter. And I didn't even listen to it because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So how did your Kickstarter end up going? So originally my Kickstarter was to show people the beautiful bond that you can have with your rescue dogs while meeting my rescue dogs at adoption events and meet and greets and things like that. And the Kickstarter started off really strong for the first two days. It was a 30, 30 day Kickstarter. So mine was 30 days long. So I wanted to raise $40,000 in 30 days. Right. At the time, I believe the amount of people I had following my journey on Instagram was maybe 50,000. So it started to slow down dramatically after 72 hours. And then I went to Kickstarter and I realized that if I gave people an actual goal, like this is specifically what I wanted to accomplish, then I could create some sort of community to help me accomplish that goal. And I said, I wanted to get at least one dog adopted in each state that I was going to visit. And I would visit 48 states in 90 days. So I was like, be a part of this. I'm going to rescue one dog in every state, 48 states. I was going to go everywhere except Alaska and Hawaii. You mean like you were going to get one dog rescued? Yeah. Like you were not going to have 48 dogs? No. That's okay. a very common question. So maybe I'm still not saying it right. But yeah. No, you're doing a good job. I just wanted to clarify so people didn't think you were taking 48 dogs. No, no, no. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> that would be absurd. I mean, we could do it though. Correct. One day we will. But no, at, the, at this time and now, I only wanted to get 48 dogs adopted into you know other homes. And I, just to clarify also, I only had six dogs at the time. So right. this was a huge deal for everyone who right. heard about this. Like you're going to travel the country with six dogs. As soon as I said that, the 48 dogs, everyone got on board. And then it was really, really scary because I was getting very close to my goal. 
And then a week before the expiration date, which was Christmas, I did it at such a bad time. You're never supposed to do it in December. And this was all of December. You're not supposed to do it around that time because of Christmas and holidays, all these things. Right. Everyone's already spending their money. Exactly. So I'm like $15,000 short of my goal. And I'll never forget this. I'm on a sidewalk, like sitting on the curb in Venice, California. And my hands are in, like, they're in my hair. I'm just in this awful state of mind. Like, what did I do? I quit my job, which ruined my relationship with my mentor at the time. I called him, letting him know the situation. And it was the first time that he, like, you know, this is someone who I always had as, like, a safety net to give me the confidence that I needed. And instead of giving me the confidence that I needed when I told him I don't know what to do, that I'm $15,000 away from my goal, he was like, I'm so disappointed that you even thought this was a reality and... You know, you had so much going for you and I, it was just awful. And I called this company called Best Billy Sticks and I said to them, I said, look, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. If you help me achieve this goal, I will put your logo on every side of the RV. I will talk about Best Billy Sticks because I use them a lot. Like I was a big fan of theirs. So we still use them constantly. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's my dog's favorite thing to give them. And, and just so you know, uh, this is important. I want to clarify this. They're not a sponsor of mine right now. Like, they're yeah. not. I just really do love them. With everything that I proposed, they gave me the money that I needed. And I hit my Kickstarter three days before the f- final date. It was amazing. We yeah, raised, that's awesome. We went over. We went $57,000 in 30 days. The goal was 40000 And from there, that's when all the work started because, you know, I didn't have much money. Then the RV, I had to pay for the, I bought a brand new RV basically. And I got started. The The first thing that I did was I reached out to as many companies as I possibly could to let them know about what I was doing in my mission. Yeah. I think that's an important thing for today's podcast as well is that you reach out and you've taught me a lot about this because I was always a little bit nervous to work with brands and sponsors and stuff because, I mean, we can kind of get to that, but people have a weird feeling towards ads and brands and things like that. So I've always been slightly hesitant, but you have done a phenomenal job of like reaching out and you have a very um, personable, outgoing kind of conversation with them, like in a way that I probably couldn't articulate myself on the phone with them because I've heard you on the phone with them. I think that you easily could because I hear how passionate you get. That's the biggest thing. I go go after it. Right. That's, yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of lost my train of thought, but but you reach out to brands. They don't necessarily always reach out to you. Never. I haven't. That's what a lot of people don't know is that I haven't gotten, I just got my first deal Literally, right now, I, I think I signed it today. We signed it today. My first deal that they reached out to me, ever. Yeah. Like, every deal that I've ever had. And by the way, I worked, I'm, I feel so grateful to say this, before, you know, all of this is I had a blank RV, a whiteboard that was cut out into a blank RV. And I wrote inside of the RV every company that I wanted to work with so bad. Like a vision board. A vision board, exactly. But it was in the shape of an RV because I would put their logo in right. it. Including the Ellen show. It was the only show that I said I need to be on. Not right. need, but I, you know, it was my vision. And now we're over two years in and I've worked with every single one of those companies, including being on the Ellen show. But none of it was... Actually, the Ellen show basically reached out to me, although I reached out Almost every day for a year to them. I don't think they ever saw one message, but eventually they did reach out to me. But not one company 
did I just wake up and there they were on my lap. I had to go after it and I was destined for it. And I would say, you know, even if they don't reach out to me now, the deal will happen in a year from now or whatever. And and some sometimes it took over a year. Right. And I quickly want to say, we'll get to other, I have a lot of information about other ways of making remote income, but I do think a lot of people are interested in how brands and sponsors and all of this works. So I, I really like the fact that you're talking about it. And I love the story of your first sponsor ever. Ali, first of all, is a fantastic dog food. Like not sponsored again, at not, all, but again, like- Again, not our sponsor. Yeah, but great dog food. Right. But I think the way that you went after them at the beginning, because that was really your first paycheck on the road. Yeah. And yeah. that's when I knew- like, that's really what people need, and that's unfortunate. But I would like you, I want you to tell that story uh-huh. for sure. Yeah, I'm going to. Okay. But that, but making that happen was that realization. It wasn't even the Kickstarter because I was so afraid to look like pig headed or whatever to ask for too much money of the Kickstarter, while at the same time, I didn't ask or get enough. Like, I needed so much more. Like, I ran out of money preparing for the trip. I didn't even have the trip yet. Right. So by the time the trip was about to start, I was broke. Broke. Yeah. So although I was so excited about the Kickstarter, now I'm back in that fear state of mind. What did I do, right? But now I'm committed. I'm already in. And I was feeding my dogs Ollie and they offered me a influencer deal. And most influencer deals, it's the link in bio or, you know, and they get a commission. Some type of an affiliate program Uh, where you get a commission. I shouldn't call it an influencer deal. It's exactly what you said. Thank you. An affiliate program. I was like, I can't risk that. I don't want to do that. So I asked if I could speak to anyone. They said, look, all we have is the affiliate program, but they offered me $25 more per sale than anyone else. I said, no, I literally with the very little bit money to no money I had, I flew myself to New York and without even an invitation, no invite. No, this was on a Monday. No invite. None. I only had a one-way He's ticket. He's looking at me with the most serious eyes Because I'm the most serious man in the world. No, but this is good info. You know why, Sydney, I want to tell you? Because a lot of people, I know you want to get to the main parts, but a lot of people are feeling that fear. And it's important that even if they get over that fear, that they're okay with the fear coming back to them. Right. And that's the whole thing about being an entrepreneur. I was just going to say that. No, you weren't. That's the whole thing about being an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's the whole thing about chasing your dreams is that you will constantly be tested if it's true for you or not. Yeah. And that's why only such a small group of people make it happen. Yeah. There's a book called Daring and Disruptive. And I think the author's name is Lisa Messenger. But she, if anyone is interested in entrepreneurial type of books, that is one of my favorite of all time. She talks a lot about that. She would start a company and she would invest all of her money into this company. And then she'd be like totally broke. And then her company would make millions. And then she'd go totally broke that's because what, it's it's the spirit of being an entrepreneur. It's you make money Elon and then Musk you invest. Did. You know, a lot. I, I don't know if you know this, but he Elon Musk started PayPal. He makes 350 million or something like that, but it was in the threes. 300 plus million from PayPal goes broke within two years because he invested everything in solar stuff, then everything in Tesla. Right. I mean that that's that's the the gift and the curse is right. that as much as we say why am I here why do I always do this to myself is we search for that we want that we live for it. Right. I mean it's really bored. the motivation behind it all. Yeah. Like if without that fear you're just really I don't say you wouldn't succeed but like that's the reason why I think a lot of entrepreneurs do succeed is because they put themselves in a position where they have no other choice. Look, I'll never forget and you said this to me and now I say it to myself anytime where I'm stressed or overwhelmed. I remember I said to him, like, I, I just don't know if I could do all of this. Like I had all this on my plate and you showed me zero sensitivity. And you're like, well, this is the life that we chose. And that stuck with me 
like that was the biggest rawest sexiest <laughs> like oh i loved it no really i was like she's right dude like this is the life that you chose i no one said to you quit your job and you know it's amazing you think that quitting your job and doing what you're supposed to do that your life would be easier but the fact is it's harder because now you're working as hard as you possibly can to right. be successful and for your dreams instead of someone else's right but to go back to remote income that's how you can separate yourself from the douchiness and the and being afraid to do an ad or being afraid to do something salesy right because if you believe in a product right if you believe in a in any product or if you believe in some sort of mission and it was gonna say it doesn't even have to be the product i i really like aligning with a company's mission and like you know you're now working with Chewy, who just has a lot of their, their mission is just a really pure, fantastic, like they really are pro dog. Oh, yeah. And like, I mean, that's endless amount of stories. Yeah. About so Chewy. it's like whatever products they have, you well, know, the Ellen show, she's not a product. But what it, but the biggest thing that I'm trying to say is, let's say there was a vitamin that you took, right, that you didn't work with them, but you started taking these vitamins, and you just felt amazing from them. Right. You're just like, I don't know what the hell's going on. But ever since I started taking these vitamins, I feel awesome. You would tell people about it. And when you would tell your friends about it or your family about it, you wouldn't be hesitant. Right. You wouldn't, you, you know, and that's how it's I It's literally it. just the hashtag ad that turns people away. And I'm not saying it turns me away. And I understand. I always try to engage when I see my friends doing ads because I know that that's, it's important when you're trying to work with companies and things like that. But I don't think a lot of the public necessarily i think they do understand that but they don't really care because the hashtag ad it just kind of turns them away can i share my feeling about that like that's why it's so important to show your audience who you are as a person if you show your audience who you are as a person where they never have to wonder i wonder if he or i wonder if she is different in real life than instagram that's when you can put anything in your hashtag ad or whatever, because your audience knows that you wouldn't talk about it unless you believed it. Right. And that that's why don't be so focused on what people are steered away from or what people don't like on Instagram that even the time to post or anything, put it there. This is me. This is who I am. If you think just because I put ad that I don't believe in it, then you shouldn't follow me. Like, I don't want you to buy the product. I don't want right. you in my life because I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't talk about an ad that I don't believe in. Right. And that's what's so important. Yeah, that's another. I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs. I think it's Jenna Kutcher. She has the Gold Digger podcast and she talks a lot about that as well. Just the idea of when you are trying to attract a large amount of people, you're naturally going to repel people and you shouldn't do anything with the idea or spirit that you want to attract 100% of people because that's not... You don't want 100% of people following you. Like, there are people who are just not going to like you, and that's fine. Oh, my but you God. Have to get no over matter what. Right. So, you have to get over the idea that people are not going to like you, and you have to be okay with the fact that if you are who you are and you stay true to that, you will naturally repel people, and that is a good thing because that just means that you're going to attract the right people. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that I idea. Mean, that's, look, if you're going to try to be perfect, and that's what you're worried about, the, one of the biggest eye-openers for me was, look, I'm not very active on YouTube, right? trying to be getting there but i don't do much on youtube before you i never even watched a youtube video but to educate myself a little bit i started watching some of the dodo videos on youtube and i'm watching these beautiful stories of these animal rescue missions right we rescued 10 10 pit bulls 10 puppies from 
you know, 20 feet underground or all these amazing stories of how a dog changed someone's life and vice versa. And what do you see? You see like 500,000 thumbs up. And I can't believe I still see a thousand thumbs down. Right. There's, like it's inevitable. I'm like, wait, what about this story could you possibly disagree with or not like? Like how is a yeah. human being even cl- disliking this? <laughs> right. So, of course, if you're talking about something that doesn't compare to a story where you save 10 dogs, you're still going to run into those people who, no matter what, are going to turn away from you. Right. But, you know, it's they're, they're not important to you. They have nothing to do with your success. And people like that, you can't even learn from them because they don't say on Instagram, on social media, they don't say no and you can ask them why. Right. So why focus on it? It, may, it means nothing. Only focus on what you're doing and what you're talking about, because hopefully whatever that is, is positive for the world around you. And that's what's most important. Now, going back to uh, the New York story. (laughs) reverse. So, I flew to New York. I have no money. I'm very, very overwhelmed, very stressed. I have to do this mission now that I can't afford. Because I did the Kickstarter, I had, I think, 800. Yeah, that's right. 846 people pledged my Kickstarter. Right. So I have to fulfill. I'm doing this. I'm in it. I also don't want to look like a failure. Like my ego is also being like, you don't have a choice, man. Right. Right. I show up at Ollie. You know, I tell them who I am. I I, I say, can I speak to anyone that will speak to me about this is what I'm doing? And uh, they put me in a room with a guy named Brett and uh, he's no longer with them. But that day, you know, after a lot of convincing and a lot of laughing and even a couple beers, I got my first sponsorship. And it was a thousand dollars a month and free dog food. And for six dogs, that's a lot. For six, I mean, for six dogs, that's like a lot. And now they saved twelve. And you know, eventually, when I proved to them that I was serious about it, and I built my audience, and I got enough people to invest in Ollie, they paid me much more. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, it really is true. The determination that you have to have in order to like find success in this type of business or industry or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's not really just going to come to, you're not going to just find things in your inbox, you know? Like, you're not going to wake up one day with a full-time income. I mean. You kind of have to go after it. That's what you work towards. Right. No, for sure. Yeah. You know, eventually. That, that's what you want. Eventually, you do get there. But at the beginning, like, I mean, you kind of have to have the hunger for it. And to some people, they don't need much. So, just focus, just remember, like, what do you think you'll need? And you focus on that those types of deals. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that there's one thing specifically that like you say to companies, like any kind of advice that you would give to people who want to become an influencer of some kind, which personally, I don't ever, I always tell people your goal should never be to be an influencer. Like you should just be passionate about something and then attract people who are also passionate about that. Um, I don't like the idea of like the goal being to be an influencer, but if somebody were looking to like grow their audience, because I get this question all the time, is there something specifically that you say to brands or I don't know, any advice that you could give someone who is like reaching out to sponsors and brands and things like that and trying to do the same thing that you do and like what would help them to get a yes? Well, there's a lot of things that you just mentioned that are so important in order to get any sort of sponsorship or deal. As unfortunate as it is, If you're going to get a paid partnership where it's not an affiliate deal, because look, think about it. An affiliate deal, there is no risk for whoever owns that company, or right? Right. So if you don't have a large following, 
or any sort of following, this isn't an insult. I'm just, I want to give people the honest truth here. If you don't have any sort of following and you need money, and but all you have is an affiliate deal, you're not making that much money. You're, you know, you're not going to be able to get to where you want to get to quit your job and everything like that unless you're willing to be broke for a while, unless you're willing to do whatever it takes. People always ask me how to build my following and I ask them the question in return. I don't know if I could constantly build my following, I would. I just do my best to share as much as my life with my audience as possible. And luckily there's parts of that that people want to share right. as well. And that's where my following But I think you also pinpointed like a purpose. Like I think some people that have reached out to me and there's a lot of people from back home in Indianapolis who are just starting to like blog and do these website things. And they don't have a specific thing, like a shtick. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mine would be considered van life and yours would be considered dogs. Like, especially like rescue and all of that. Yeah. And I don't, I think it's important just to note even if you were just sharing your life and you were just going about every day, like you kind of have to have like the purple cow theory of you have to have something that's of interest. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, you I chose mean, a topic and now question. you and now you share everything about your life within that topic. That, that's a great point. So maybe I didn't clarify that enough. By me just sharing my life is enough for people to want to be a part of it because a part of my life, even before I did this, was visiting shelters. Right. You know, the reason why I had six dogs because I would volunteer and find dogs. You know, everything that I was doing before the Asher house, before I had the RV, is still very much about and in my life now. Right. So, and now I just share it. So, yeah, Sydney, you make a great point. If you want to make a living from this, then there has to be purpose. You have to have something that a company would want to have their name behind. Right. You know, why did, Why would a company support you in your mission? If you just want to travel the world in your van and uh, not make any money and not do these things, then you could find jobs along the road or whatever. No one's going to. But when you have a purpose, more importantly, in my mind, when you have a mission, something, it doesn't even have to be that unique, but an a mission that's focused on an area that needs support. The good thing about bringing a company is, is they could not only support you financially, but having a name like that makes the mission bigger. It spreads the word. Right. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. No, I love that. And everyone has a mission. Even if you don't know what your mission is, you're just not ready for it. You haven't suffered enough. You haven't put in enough time. Like everyone has a mission. That's why we're here. That's why we are who we are. That's why we are able to speak and do our best to influence. And unfortunately, if we don't listen enough and take our time, some people never find out what that mission is. And that's a very scary place. I was going to say not I agree with everything you're saying. But I think my perspective would be like a lot of it is like soul searching. I don't think that a lot of people who have nine to fives and they have children and they have they live very typical lives, like beautiful lives, very different than ours, but still. And I think the difference is that they don't necessarily have the time at least that was kind of their their perspective. They feel very busy and they don't really have the time to do a lot of soul searching. And I think it takes that in order to find something like your mission or find what your purpose would be or find what where the track would be. Yeah. I just don't want anyone to think we, we can't speak on other people's circumstances. So we don't we can't say that somebody hasn't suffered enough or you haven't been through enough to find it. Well, does that make sense? It does make sense. But I don't think that everyone has their own unique mission. For example, I'll give you a very important example. 
without question, right? I could not have accomplished whatever, what I've accomplished without the massive support I've had from some people who I've never met before, but took on my mission. Right. Like my mission became their mission. And that's what I mean. I'm not saying that you haven't suffered enough. I'm saying that everyone has their own mission. But if you want to, if you want, I'm speaking to specifically to the people who want to quit their jobs and jump in a van and get sponsorships. If you want to do that, then you either have to be on someone else's mission or you have to have your own. Right. But, but that's more of what I was saying is the people who are trying to get there now. Lovely. Not to jump too abruptly to the next thing, but I do want to talk about a little bit how I make a remote income only because it is very different than how you make a remote income. I don't have brands. I don't have any monthly partnerships or anything like that, like a paycheck coming from a company or anything like that. So I do exclusively do affiliate marketing. I do advertising and I sell my own products all on my website. So if you don't know what affiliate marketing is, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but it is essentially where I could write a blog post about kitchen essentials in your van. And I can list my stove, my fridge, my sink, my faucet, all of these things. If somebody clicks on the fridge that I recommend in that blog post and they purchase the fridge, I will make a commission from that. So essentially when they click that fridge, it's going to bring you to Amazon. Amazon has an amazing affiliate program. You don't need to have a minimum page views or audience, like nothing. The day you create a website, you can immediately sign up for our Amazon affiliate. And so it'll take them directly to Amazon. But the thing that a lot of people don't know is that if they click through the fridge and they end up just shopping on Amazon, they buy books, they buy a purse, they buy whatever they buy. I will make a commission from anything that they've purchased because I sent that traffic to Amazon. So Amazon will credit you for sending that traffic over and kind of instigating them to purchase whatever they did. So that's kind of a nice way to earn remote income as well in terms of the Amazon affiliate program. But I am an affiliate with probably five to eight different brands. So you can always type in a company that you like. You can type in REI affiliate program or Hydro Flask. I don't know. I'm using like random outdoor brands that I know have affiliate programs. And you can see if they have a minimum or if they don't. And then you can work in, you know, different blog posts and different places on your website where you can recommend those products. Obviously, you should always choose affiliate programs that you believe in, just like Lee was just saying about doing ads and brands and stuff that you believe in. So choose affiliate programs for companies that you are like that you know of, that you know the backstory and all of that. And uh, yeah, just recommend those products throughout different blog posts, get people to kind of click through those. And then when anything is purchased, you'll make a commission. There's even like events and speakers. Pro- there's a... Uh... I don't know how to say it, but the people who teach you how to do this, they have their own, the people who teach you how to travel and... Right. Nomadic Matt is a good example. Yeah. That's who I was, who I was thinking I'm also about. an affiliate with Nomadic Matt. You speak of him so highly. You read all of his books. It's easy for you to to recommend his course. That's right. the thing. That, and this, but, and this, also the most important part is there is that I took his course. And that's what I was going to say is that you would recommend that course without the affiliate program. Right. And that's why it's so easy. A hundred percent. And that's the big thing. And that's a great way to get started is you take these courses or you become an affiliate or but get a take sponsor. a course from someone who with credibility. Oh my God. I see so many bloggers who 
they've been blogging for like a month and then they write a course on how they built their 3000 follower Instagram, which there's no shame in any number. I'm simply saying you shouldn't be paying $200 for a course for someone who has 3000 Instagram followers to teach you how they built their Instagram following. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know, I don't want that to come across in, in a mean way because no number is like the number, but it's still just like, they're obviously not an expert. And so yeah. it's like, don't just come across a course and take it. Like Nomadic Matt is a very credible, he has one of the biggest travel blogs in the world. I have emailed him dozens of times and he emails me like within this, within 24 hours. And it doesn't matter if it's a question. It doesn't matter if it's a comment, if it's just a compliment, like he always emails me back. He has something to say. Sometimes it's very short and brief, but it's an acknowledgement. The fact that he's like working his email, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, exactly. it's someone who's probably getting a ton of emails and he signs them himself. So it's not like I know if it's him or not, but I assume it is. But yeah, anyway, so I'm an affiliate with that as well. And you took the course. That's the biggest thing is that if you're an affiliate of a program that you would recommend regardless you're going to be a successful affiliate. Right. And then secondly, I do Google ads. So similar to how people have ads on their YouTube videos, or a lot of people are familiar with AdSense in that way. I also have ads throughout my blog posts and pages and things like that on my website. And um, I get paid for having them on the website. I get paid more for people clicking through them. And I get paid the most if you click through and you make a purchase from that ad. The good thing with AdSense is that for me, it's almost a guaranteed type of paycheck. Like I make a very similar amount every single day, which means I make a, a very similar amount every month. It grows slightly every month, but I kind of know exactly how much I'm going to be making from that. So my Amazon affiliate will vary. All of my other affiliate programs will kind of vary, but my Google ads always tend to, I can kind of rely on those a bit. That's another thing with a remote income. You don't know exactly how you're going to be making. Even with Lee, you know, he has brands and sponsorships, but a lot of them are for three months, maybe six months. And so he doesn't know in a year what his income is going to look like. So another part of being an entrepreneur or just having remote income is to some degree being okay with the fact that you never know how much exactly you're going to be making. That's you're that. just always banking on the fact that you're going to hopefully make money. That's without question the hardest part. Yeah. Especially at 11 o'clock at night when you can't sleep. <laughs> He has the worst anxiety at night when it oh comes to just the future. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get through how I make money quickly only because I there's a lot to unpack when it comes to how neither of us make remote income and just a few different ways that I know people do it as well. So one of the last things is because of my website, I had no choice but to get very familiar with Pinterest. Pinterest is by far the best way to get traffic to your website. I couldn't afford paying someone to run my Pinterest and to get traffic to my website for me. So I ended up learning it myself. I did everything myself. And because of that, I became very well versed in it. I know, I know Pinterest like the back of my hand. I don't have wedding boards or like, I don't know, food boards the way people do. It's all about van life. I, it is strictly to get traffic to my website so that more and more people will kind of, I don't know, come across the resource, the tool that I've tried to create as my website, whatever. Oh, I'm talking a lot about my website and I never said the name of it, by the way. Lee, I'll just do us both. <laughs> Lee is the Asher House on Instagram, theasherhouse.com for all of his stuff. Mine is Divine on the Road for anything that is van life related. Divineontheroad.com. My Instagram is Divine on the Road. You're probably coming from Instagram, so I don't think I need to clarify that. But anyways, so because I became so well-versed in Pinterest, companies like small companies, it started with my best friend's real estate 
company. She works in real estate and some other agent came to me and asked if she could pay me to run her Pinterest. And then a van life company, these builders asked me if I could run their Pinterest. And now it's kind of snowballed into a few different brands or companies coming to me here and there asking me to either start their Pinterest and just get the ball rolling or if I'm going to do it monthly for six months, things like that. So that was totally on accident. But the thing with remote income is that you will start to develop a skill set, even if it's something that you don't have experience with in the past. I had never worked on Pinterest before, but because I was forced to learn web developing, web design, the Pinterest and all of these things, I now can freelance web developing and web design whenever I need extra money. I can run Pinterest for three or four different companies at a time in addition to my own. You know, I, I write for various blogs. I write for various companies and things like that whenever I want or whenever they approach me or I approach them. And so you will start to develop a skill set in whatever category you choose. And that's, it's kind of nice because you can then start to spread out, I guess, your remote income and have different revenue streams instead of relying on one way, which is a little bit more stressful because at least if you have a, if you have a few spread out, you, you're guaranteed one of them at all times. Okay, I'm going to quickly go through some of the ways that I know my friends make a remote income, and I'll give some resources for each one of those in case you're interested in that specific thing. But I would like to check in with my guest to see if you'd like to add any details. Any last advice before I run through these things? I just think it's so important, no matter what it is that you think you want to do or that you know for sure you want to do, just take a step in the right direction. It really is as simple as, simple as supporting you want to live in a van, you support someone like Divine on the Road. You want to be on this rescue mission. You know, like you you need to take a step towards progress to even have a chance of figuring out your life. Right. Whether you're 40 or 50 or whatever, you don't have to actually go and do it. But being a supporter of it, taking that step in the right direction is sometimes all that people need to get some of the answers they've been looking for forever. Right. And that's really it, guys. <laughs> No, I think that's awesome. I think you're definitely, you're 100% right. That was the first time I ever heard you say that. What, that you're 100% right? Yeah. It's the only time you'll ever hear it. (laughs) (laughs) When and done. So I would like to briefly run through some of these things. Just in case, you know, there's a lot of people who want to live in vans, but you have no interest in being an influencer of any kind. You don't want to do Instagram. You don't want to have a website. If you do want to have a website, by the way, I do recommend Nomadic Matt's course. I'm not, you don't have to use my affiliate program or my affiliate link. I could care less. It, he He's really, really talented and he gives phenomenal advice throughout the entire course. He will walk you through setting up your website, monetizing your website, how to approach brands, having an email list, like all of these different things. It's it's just a really good resource. So if that is something you're interested in, I do recommend it. Now going through a couple of other things, if you're just not interested in any of that, which is totally understandable. And I actually think it's probably the majority. A huge option is doing seasonal work. You do not have to, you know, find this full-time year long, like, you know, long term type of job. There's a lot of things that you could do seasonally. So there's a website called coolworks, C O O L W O R K S dot com. 
You can go there and it will ask you, I think there's even a tab that says find a job. And when you click on that, it will ask you if you want to look for ones in national parks. You can click on national parks and then it will give you all the jobs that they're all seasonal and they are all available in different national parks across the country. And so you can click on Yosemite and see these different jobs that are available in Yosemite. You can do the same thing for Denali. You can do, I mean, for anywhere across the United States. So, you know, working three months out of the year at Yosemite full-time, you know, you'll probably be working 40 hours a week. But when you do that, that could potentially fund an entire year's worth of travel. And you can just work full-time for three or four months, save up your money. And they'll, they usually provide you a spot, you know, in Yosemite, like at one of the campgrounds for your van, and they'll take care of things like that. So that's a huge option. You don't have to find something for, you know, full, like for an entire year. If you're nervous about finances and you don't know how to get started, try to just start with something seasonal. And maybe, you know, that could at least last you until you figure out something long-term if you're more comfortable with doing that. The second option is to ask your current job if you could do the same thing remotely. This obviously will not apply to everyone because there are some jobs that you have to be in an office for. But one of my best friends went to her boss. She's an accountant and she went to her boss and she said, hey, I think I could do everything I'm doing from my laptop. Is there any way that I could do this remotely? And they initially allowed her like three days a week to be remote and just to kind of test it out. And then once she got a little bit more comfortable with it, they got more comfortable with it. They allowed her to go full-time remote. And now she lives in a van and does the exact same job for the exact same company that she's been working for for years. So don't be hesitant to go to your boss and ask, you know, can I do my job remotely? Is there a different job within the company that I could do remotely? You know, anything, just kind of offer up any, any type of solution or, you know, just request. I don't know. Just don't be scared to go to your boss and ask those things because there is a chance they will allow you to do the exact same thing from your van. And then you don't even have to worry about finding a remote job. Next up, you could do something like freelancing. There's a million different things that you can freelance. If you want to do graphic design, video editing, podcast editing, I mean, any skill set that you have and you potentially think could be done freelance, you know, there's writing for different blogs and different, you know, and there's so many different things, virtual assistant, social media manager, Pinterest manager. I mean, absolutely anything. If you know stuff about SEO, you can you can freelance that. So good websites to do any type of freelancing or at least I even encourage anyone who doesn't know much about the freelance world to look up these websites and just kind of cruise around them and see what other people are doing as well. So first up is Fiverr. Fiverr is spelled with two R's at the end, F-I-V-E-R-R. But if you go looking around Fiverr, I mean, there are people who are charging, you know, $25 an hour to model t-shirts or something for like a t-shirt company that's small and doesn't, you know, they can't afford models. And so they'll just send a t-shirt to this, you know, random person somewhere and they will take professional photos in in this company's t-shirt. Like there's a million different random things that you would never guess you could be making money doing, but people are doing it. So there's Fiverr, there's Upwork. Upwork is a fantastic website to find freelancing jobs. One of my best friends also found, (laughs) Casey is like (laughs) coughing in the background. Upwork, there's a ton of stuff on Upwork. That's probably my number one recommendation if you'd like to do freelancing. And then signing up for Harrow, which is H 
A-R-O. And that is essentially just being on an email list. So you sign up for the email list. And then every day I get like five emails about potential work for writing. It's specifically for writers. And it'll be like all in the travel category, just basically blogs and companies or websites looking for a writer to contribute any kind of article. And they, they'll pay you per word or per article, however they do things. So that's also a really great resource if you are a writer and you would like to freelance with that. Something that I found really helpful at the beginning was starting a contact me and a work with me page on my own website. So people started reaching out to me to contribute to my blog or for me to write for other blogs or things like that with a contact page or a work with me page, anything like that on your own website. I also highly recommend having your own website, regardless of whatever you do. It's a really good way to display kind of who you are in the online world. And when you are making a remote income, you kind of have to have some type of digital presence, even if you're not looking to be an influencer of some kind, be somebody being able to find who you are and like anything about yourself is very important. So I do recommend having a website and having any kind of contact page will be helpful. The last thing I wanted to touch on was to start focusing on what your developed skill sets already are and what passions you have that you want to pursue in the future for an income. I've always loved writing, so it was natural for me to want to start a blog and make money doing that. So now I can do what I've always been passionate about and something that I had somewhat of a developed skill set because I've always been some kind of writer. And now I get to make an income doing that thing. So focus on what you've been doing in the past, anything that's a developed skill set combined with whatever you're passionate about and you would like to be doing in the future. And then lastly, lastly, I will be the first person to admit that a remote income is not for everyone. Everyone can make a remote income. I don't think everyone has the mindset to be comfortable doing it. Like I know my family, I know my sister, my sister would hate doing the things that I do, not having a reliable paycheck, not, you know, having a stable home and like all of those kinds of things. She's just that type of person. So I don't think a remote income is for everyone. So don't feel like, I don't know, don't feel pressured by the online world and like what other people are doing to, to get out of your nine to five or make like, don't ever feel guilty for having a nine to five. It's a very normal thing. And if it's what makes you feel comfortable, then that's what you should be doing. There's no, there's no guilt in that. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people talk down about what, why are you looking at me like that? No, I'm not. I'm, first of all, this is just my face. You're looking at me like you don't agree. Do you agree? No. That people should feel guilty that they have a nine to five. No, I didn't say that. I didn't agree with everything that you said, but I don't think someone should stay where they are just because they feel comfortable. No, I agree with you. But I think that if you have extreme anxiety or if it's going to cause too much disruption in your life and like some, there's a very big difference between discomfort and just having immense anxiety. My sister wouldn't be happy making a remote income. Well, it wouldn't. Different. That's the difference is that she wouldn't be happy. I guess that's, uh, yeah, that's what I should have said. Uh, I, discomfort I versus about, unhappiness. To me, it's, it's not about comfort. It, it's about doing what you think will ultimately make you happy. And I think a lot of the reasons why people say they don't fulfill their dreams are the real reasons why they should. Beautiful quote to end this on. I'm just getting started. <laughs> no, no, no. This was the longest podcast episode ever. I'm so um, hungry. I don't feel like I had dinner. <laughs> oh, 
no, we had so much dinner. I'm hungry again. Um, okay. I hope that this was helpful to some degree. I, I think it veered a little away from my original idea of this episode, but I do think that was a good thing. I wanted it to be very informational and concise, but I think it was a little more lengthy, <laughs> lengthy and motivational, which is a good thing. I mean that in a good way. Why are you you're pointing at me when you say it? <laughs> This is my fault. It's not your fault at all. No, I think you really added something to the episode that I would not have, I would not have been able to do. Hope that I added some value to your day. (laughs) You add value to mine every day. I'm only kidding. Thank you. That's very sweet. You're really, I'm not just saying this. You're the smartest person I know. I'm serious. That is ridiculous. It's so true. I honestly think you're a genius. That is very, very sweet. Thank you. Although I disagree. But uh, yeah, I hope that you guys got something out of this. I hope you enjoyed like it being a little more conversational than usual and maybe a little bit longer. But I hope that it was fun. And yeah, that's pretty much everything. You better tell her you loved it. It's 11. Yeah, please just tell me that you liked it. I, I, by the way, I know the audio is not perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't speak perfectly. I talk too fast, whatever. My dad's going to be mad that I'm even mentioning this, but it is what it is. I'm doing this from the road and I'm doing my best. So just listen. Somebody complain? (laughs) Just that I talk too fast and one person said something about the technical matters of it. I don't think you talk fast. Thank you. Because what you have to say is important. So people should listen. Thank you. Uh, That is so sweet. Okay. Anyways, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and for being with me for the last hour of my life. And I will see you next week while I'm in Utah. And hopefully I can get Katie, my best friend in the entire world. I'm obsessed with her and love with her. Hopefully I can get her on here to talk about some solo female stuff. Okay. 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 I'll see you guys uh, next week. And I love you. Cue the music. Cue the music. Dun, 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 dun.